So we're going to open the Bible together. Again, there's some new, some, uh, some uh, NIVs over there if you want to do that. And as I mentioned earlier, we're in this season where we're looking at the Old Testament prophets, the minor prophets, books that often aren't, aren't, aren't looked at. And we're seeing what we can learn about God's character from the Old Testament. Why is it important to go in the Old Testament? Well, we spend a lot of time in the New Testament, but it's important to remember that God reveals himself through the Old Testament as well. And everything in the Old Testament points to, to the fulfillment of Jesus coming. So we're in the book of Habakkuk. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, last week, Pastor Ben preached on the God of the unfaithful. And this week, we're looking at the God of the faithful. And I'm so glad we sang that song, first of all, about the faithfulness of God, because one of the foundational characteristics of God is his faithfulness, shown in his constant love, his complete care, his unwavering affection, his sacrificial life for us. And what's interesting about, I'm sure you know a prophet is somebody who's given a task by God to deliver his word, his promise, his vision, his warning to the people. What's interesting in the book of Habakkuk is it's unique because this is done as a conversation between him and God. So Habakkuk is listening to God and responding, and God is speaking to him, and it's a two-way dialogue. So we're introduced to the prophet Habakkuk as a man who's deeply burdened and troubled. Whilst other people, as I've already said, mostly brought the word of God to the people, Habakkuk was bringing the people's questions to God and allowing God to respond, and he was listening to him. Simply put, he's desperate to hear from the Lord. And he asks two questions that I would be astonished if you haven't asked God at some stage in your journey. And one of those questions is how long? How long is this going to go on, Lord? How long am I going to be ill? How long am I going to be misunderstood? How long am I going to be condemned? How long am I going to be without hope? How long am I going to be without a job? How long am I going to be without a pastor, without a partner? Without a pastor, that would be your thing, wouldn't it? And the other question, why? God, why is this happening? Why is this happening to her? Why is this happening to him? Why is this happening to me? Why are you allowing this? Anybody never ask God either of those questions? In fact, you might be right now asking one or other or both of those questions to the Lord. You might be saying, Lord, why is this man standing up in front of us again? And how long is he going to go on for? <laughs> but some of those questions, how long have I got to suffer this? How long till you give me some guidance? How long till I see the light at the end of the tunnel? Why don't you act and do something about it? They're not unnatural questions for us to ask on our journey with the Lord. And for Habakkuk, 
the issue was this. He was concerned, how long would God put up with the disobedience of the nation of Judah? Why would he allow this disobedience to be unpunished? How long would God use the Babylonians to wreak havoc on his people? And how long would those who are really faithful to God have to hang on until they were delivered? Habakkuk's name means the wrestler or the grappler, as if he was grappling, wrestling with these big questions. And I think it's good to be reminded that some of the characters in the Bible fight the same type of fights, have the same type of doubts, and ask the same type of questions that many of us, are, many of us do. Because sometimes we can hold everybody up in Scripture as a perfect example, and that's only Jesus. But when we read the other characters, we realize that they face some of the same confusion and concerns and misunderstandings and worries that we do. Jeremiah, the prophet Jeremiah, you've heard of him, he writes at the same time as Habakkuk. And he writes to the unfaithful and to the backslidden and gives them warning. But Habakkuk isn't writing for the unfaithful that we heard about last week. He's writing for the faithful who need some assurance, who need some confirmation that they're on the right path and that God hasn't forgotten them. And so let's read just the first few verses of chapter 1 of Habakkuk. The prophecy that Habakkuk the prophet received, how long, and this, this passage is entitled Habakkuk's Complaint, how long, Lord, must I call for help, but you do not listen, or cry out to you violence, but you do not save? Why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrongdoing? Destruction and violence are before me. There is strife and conflict abounds. And so often in scripture, and it's the same here, where it says cry out, it literally means he's weeping out loud. He is in a very emotional state. So this isn't just a polite inquiry. This is a desperate cry. How long, Lord? Why? And Habakkuk has no other option than the one that faces us all. It's to wait patiently for God to speak, for God to give him a revelation into his situation. And if you are in that place of waiting right now, I hope this morning will encourage you not to be anxious or downhearted. Perhaps the most difficult place to be when we're following Jesus is to have asked the question, to sought, to seek some type of word from God, some intervention from God, and have not yet received it, and to be waiting faithfully in the middle. And some of you are in that place right now. And that's exactly the situation that Habakkuk is trying to speak into. And the God that speaks to Habakkuk is the God that wants to speak to you today, into your situation, into your questions, 
He wants to give you an answer to that how long. He wants to give you an answer to that why. And even, it's, even if it's not about ourselves, there are big questions that we've got. Why does God wait so long to punish evil? Why aren't prayers answered in an instant every time? Why do faithful people suffer? And one of the interesting things about reading this prophet is it reminds us that honesty and hard questions can be handled by God. Now, you don't come to him out of a place of cynicism and bitterness. But when you come out of an honest place and you say, God, I don't understand this. Why is this happening? How long is this going to go on? God will respond. And you know that that answer to how long sometimes might be given to you in an instant. Sometimes it might be, it's going to be a while yet, but I'm going to get you there. I'm going to give you that strength to keep on going. I'm going to give you the fight. That means you can come through right to the, to the end. And so God says this to Habakkuk. The first few verses of chapter one are Habakkuk's complaint. And then we get God's response. Where he says this, look at the nations and watch. And be utterly amazed. For I'm going to do something in your days that you would not believe, even if you were told. See, God doesn't give him a time, but he does say, prepare to be amazed. I could tell you exactly what I'm going to do, but you wouldn't believe me. Just wait and see. Your eyes will be amazing. And we see that through the life of Jesus, that when, when people weren't amazed at Jesus, they were astonished at Jesus. And perhaps this morning we just should be reminded that we, are, we worship a God, we know a God who is amazing, who is astonishing. And sometimes we've settled for two less. You're, you're ready to be amazed by God this morning? To be astonished by God? At least Joy is. There's one person who's getting excited about this this morning. Well done, Joy. Thanks for coming. Come again. You're always welcome. <laughs> And God has to remind Habakkuk that in the middle of all these tough questions, which are, which are right, which are legitimate, which are honest, which should be asked, but the God who answers is the God who amazes, the God who astonishes. And sometimes he'll, he'll, he'll bring that astonishing, amazing thing in an instant with, with Ben's ankle this week. And I know some of you are listening to that testimony and half of you are excited about that and half of you are a bit disheartened that God hasn't moved in your life like that. It'd be natural, wouldn't it? But hold on, hang on. God will speak, God will reveal, God will do something astonishing, God will do something amazing. I'm just looking around and Danny, I know you get emotional, but I'm just, I think those words are for you this morning, that God's waiting to do something astonishing and amazing in your life. And Gemma, it is Gemma, isn't it, at the back there. I, I'm just, the moment you came in, I just sensed that something God wants to confirm to you this morning about his goodness, his greatness for, in your life, and that 
I don't know your situation. We had a two-minute conversation last week, but just that the, the, the astonishing, amazing God wants to remind you that that's how he wants to operate in your life. Have we got an amen for those? Yeah. Yeah. And so if we go into chapter two of Habakkuk, Verses 2 and 3, some more hows and how longs and whys from Habakkuk, because the end of chapter 1 is he complains again, and God speaks this way, Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2 and 3, then the Lord replied, write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets so that a herald may run with it, for the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end and will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and will not delay. What's all that about? Well, it's this. That we need a real act of faith, and sometimes it's a hard lesson to learn, that God will speak to us and do those amazing and astonishing things in his timing not in ours. And I've often said over many, many years of ministry, I don't often hear from God incorrectly, but I quite often get the timing wrong. And mostly it's because I'm too impetuous and too impatient. And when I see that revelation from God and the timing of it, of course, it always works out perfectly. And so I can say, that's why I knew it there, but it didn't happen here because God's plan, much better than mine, was that it should happen here. And so the Lord is replying to Habakkuk, look, at the right time I will speak to you. In fact, it's going to be so significant, write it down. Write it down because it's going to be life-changing. And I want to say that to those of you that have heard from God about something specifically, an answered prayer, a vision, whatever it is, write it down, journal it. Because in those times when God seems not to be speaking to you, you can go back and say, well, he spoke to me here. He said this, he did that. If the God is faithful there, he's going to be faithful here. God has not forgotten you. One of the most common things I see amongst believers is this idea that, yeah, God speaks to the pastor. God speaks to the person next to me. God speaks to that woman over there. God speaks to that very spiritual prayer there, but he doesn't speak to me. God has not forgotten you. You haven't sneaked into the kingdom of God by accident. You're not here by mistake. God isn't speaking to everybody else and put you on the mute button. God has a word for you. God has a revelation for you. God will encounter you and do something astonishing and amazing in your life at the appointed time. And so by the time we get to chapter 3 in Habakkuk, his demeanor has changed. He started out with these complaints. He started out with these legitimate questions. But by chapter three, his whole tone has changed. 
And in verses 17, 18, and 19 in chapter 3, and the whole of chapter 3 is entitled Habakkuk's Prayer. In chapter 3, verses 17 to 19, we read this. Though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, i.e. when everything around me, when all my circumstances look bleak and barren and difficult, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God, my saviour. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to go on the heights. See, it's one thing to say, I will praise God when everything's going well. When the cupboards are full, when I'm feeling great, when the sun is out, when all my relationships are, are intact. It's very well to say, I'll praise God then. But when everything is going south... And you still held on to that joy and that peace from God. That's the mark of a mature believer. And that's those words of Habakkuk. I wonder, could, could you say this morning, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God, my Saviour. And so how do we put ourselves in this place where we can hear from God? Some of you do that very easily. For others of us, it's harder. Sometimes we're expecting that, you know, the revelation from God is like we're going to walk outside and there's going to be a plane flying across and in its smoke trail, it's going to say, Josie, here is a message from God. And, so <laughs> and he might do that, but most of the time it's not in the big revelation like that is it it's in the stillness it's, it's in the quietness it's a word of encouragement from somebody else it's 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 something in our prayer time it's something when we open scripture and that familiar passage that we've read hundreds of times suddenly God speaks to us powerfully through it three things that can help you if you're in this place of asking questions and you haven't heard God's answer yet three things are going to help you one is to wait and be patient and waiting on the Lord is a biblical principle. Second one is praying. So many of us expect God to speak to us without us speaking to God. If you've got questions to the Lord, he knows them already, but he might not answer them until you've actually been brave enough to articulate them to him and speak them out. So waiting, praying, and praising. That lesson there from Habakkuk even though everything around me looks terrible I'm still going to be joyful I'm still going to praise that's why I think one of the biggest disciplines we can do is to be in church when we don't feel like it when we don't feel like everything's right when we're tired when we're disappointed when we're upset when we're a bit poorly and we might think oh, I'll, 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 I'll give it a miss it's actually in those times of difficulty and hardship where we press in and we choose to praise and we encounter God in those amazing and astonishing ways. Three quick summary points this morning from the book of Habakkuk. God can handle all the questions that you throw his way. 
He might not always give you the answer you want or expect, and he might not always give the answer right away, but he will always give you of himself. So some of us are praying for a financial breakthrough, and God says, I'm not ready to give you that yet, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be with you through your financial hardship. Some of you are waiting for a physical breakthrough, a healing. And God might be saying, not yet, but in that time of pain and hurt, I'm going to be with you until we bring that deliverance. Faith doesn't always silence all of our doubts. But it does help us embrace God's care. And some of you might be guilty thinking, I didn't know I was allowed to say to God why, or, or how long, or what's going on here, I don't understand it. God appreciates honesty. And honesty doesn't mean you haven't got faith. But when we do articulate our doubts and our concerns so that mustard seed faith grows in us it reminds us that God is with us and that when we wait faithfully our character our spirit is strengthened is built up is made stronger and the Old Testament word Emunah, that Hebrew word for faithfulness, it really means steadiness, firmness, and faithfulness. Remember, we called this this morning the God of the faithful. I just want to remind you that those of us that are willing to stand strong, even in the face of difficulty, that those of us who are prepared to stay faithful to God, even though circumstances around us are screaming out that we should do something else, But God will honour that, and God will be blessed. I can leave it on that side slide, but let me just give you some pictures of how that word imuna, that word in, in Hebrew for faithfulness and steadiness, might, might be used. It would be used of an adult carrying, okay, thank you. It would be used of an adult carrying a child to safety. Parents, when you pick your kids up and you, you move them away for something that might be damaging them, that's that picture of God's faithfulness for us. It would be used to describe a strongly built house. If Jesus had been teaching the parable of the, um, you know, the wise and foolish builder, uh, he wasn't talking in Hebrew, but if he was, he might have used this word emuna to describe the house that was built on the rock. It would be used of a wall securely holding a nail and hanging something on it. We've all had experience where we've hammered a nail into a wall, hung something on it, and it's fallen off straight away. Or is that just my DIY skills? But this word, this word is to use for that nail held securely in a wall, so whatever you hang on it will stay there. It's used to, to talk about a kingdom that was firmly established by a righteous God. And it's used to talk about a heart which is faithful. And so this morning we're talking about two sides of faithfulness. We're, putting, we're talking about us being faithful 
in our brokenness and our flawedness and in our imperfections, but we're talking about being faithful to a God who is perfectly faithful in return. And so those verses, you can put that final slide up now. Thank you, Josie. Habakkuk 2, chapter 4. But the righteous will live, how? By their faithfulness to God. The righteous will live by their faithfulness to God. By the end of Habakkuk's conversation, he is in a much stronger place to continue faithfully journeying with God. Paul puts it a different way in 2 Corinthians. Paul talks about we live by faith, not by sight. Everything we can see, the circumstances around us might be difficult, might be disappointing, might might be discouraging. But we faithfully choose to put our trust not in our situation, but into God. Our situation might cause us to ask why, how long, but we go to God for those answers and he will respond. Somebody once said, faithfulness is simply long obedience in the same direction in an age of instant gratification. Faithfulness is simply long obedience in the same direction in a world of instant gratification. For you and me, it means this morning remembering that we put an active and lasting trust in God. And our faith is in Jesus. Our personal loyalty, our dependence, our trust is on Jesus as the faithful one, as our saviour, as our redeemer, as our Lord. And so we want to be a church that models faithfulness, don't we? We want to be a church that worships God above all. We want to be a church that loves against the odds. We want to be a church that selflessly serves Jesus and his kingdom. We want to be a church that is more and more faithful as time goes on because the person who we're being faithful to is the one who has already revealed his perfect faithfulness to us. Amen.